Hi everyone, this is Shruti and Yana, and we're the interns for Notre Dame's Career and Life Success Program, welcoming you back to CareerCast. The future is lifelong learning. Join us as we talk to today's most forward-thinking professionals to hear about the creative, entrepreneurial, and cutting-edge work they're doing, and tips for how to thrive in a time of change and lifelong learning opportunities. Hi, everyone. Today, we're excited to welcome Claudia to CareerCast. Claudia is a recent grad of ND in 2015, and she went on to study international studies in French at Seattle University and graduated cum laude. At SCU, she studied abroad in Grenoble, France, and was a TA and tutor for the French department, and was an ambassador at the International Student Center, helping foreign students study abroad at SU get adjusted. After graduating, she participated in TAPIF, a program that allows for Americans to become an assistant in France and French territories. She was placed in a high school in Normandy and loved her students, colleagues, and teaching her students English and about life in America. She's currently working as a learning coach during the pandemic and has applied to study localization management and translation for graduate school. So welcome to CareerCast, Claudia. Um, because you're a recent grad from ND, I was wondering if you could start off by sharing like your class year and mascot and then also telling us a little more about yourself and what you currently do. Yeah, thank you for having me here. So yeah, I graduated in 2015. Doesn't seem like that long ago, but it seems like a while ago as well. And um, we were the maroon and gold goddesses, um, who I love very much. And yeah, afterwards, just went to Seattle for university. And I originally studied chemistry and then found out that I was not good at chemistry. So <laughs> I wanted to find a major that went more with French. And so I chose international studies and then graduated. And uh, during that time, I realized I had friends that were doing uh, that did tapif and uh, we're going to do it. And so I said, oh, I think that'd be cool. I want to aim for this after graduation. And yeah, I applied and got into my first choice because you could choose where you want to be in France. And I think everyone wants to be in Paris, but you can't be in Paris on that salary. So I went a little north <laughs> in Normandy. <laughs> and yeah, that's what I did. And then right now I work yeah, in this new position with my company as a learning coach. So I basically uh, help uh, students with their Zoom classes um, while they're at home. And it's kind of like a tutor in a way, and also a bit of a, a nanny position combined. And yeah, and I'm just applying for little jobs here and there. And yeah, getting hopefully getting accepted to graduate school pretty soon in Monterey. Earlier, you were telling us how you were one of Miss Perkins's first interns at ND. I was wondering if you could mm -hmm. tell us a little more about what you did and that experience. <laughs> Oh, I loved it. Yeah. So I was the president <laughs> of the CSF club. And um, so the my junior year, I started with Miss um, Hygra, Miss Fitz. And uh, yeah, they asked me to be their intern by literally locking me in a room. But not really. They went, we went to a room and they closed the door and they're like, okay, be our intern. And I was like, okay. So I did that my <laughs> junior year. And then <laughs> Miss Perkins came in my senior year. And so I kind of helped her show, show her what CSF was, what it was about, what we would do in the learning commons. Um, and I loved it. I always loved using my free block, like hanging out with her, working for her. And um, 
that's really where I think my love of tutoring came from was being the the president and organizing everyone and also tutoring, tutoring myself. And then I remember uh, getting like snack packs together for AP tests that people did. So it was really fun. <laughs> fun. Like, <laughs> cool. Um, so kind of jumping right into like the meat of the podcast, um, we were wondering how your career or career plans, because you did mention that you were planning to attend graduate school next year, help attend, help address like contemporary issues and real world yeah, problems. Well, and studying international studies and just being so privileged in my life traveling, I really wanted to bridge the gap between cultures and help kind of unite people with all different backgrounds. Um, and I remember when I was studying Grenoble in France, I had some classmates from China and South Korea, and I realized like they don't speak English. I don't speak like Cantonese or you know all other languages, and so we wouldn't have been able to communicate if we hadn't studied French. And that's when I realized like, oh my gosh, there's so many people like I would never have been able to talk to if I didn't know like French, for example. So that was like really cool realizing that. And I think as the world becomes more globalized, like it has been these past few years, it's only going to continue. People who speak multiple languages will be needed. Um, And so with localization, it's a quite growing career because you're not only translating, you know, word for word, but you're translating between cultures almost. So, for example, like a very tiny example is if you have a form in the U.S. and you want to convert it to a European format and you write the date, you would need to switch the month and the day because Europeans write day, month, year. So that's kind of an example of making uh, a product or, or something more accessible to a different culture. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what it is if people don't know. Um, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so our next question is kind of about common myths in your profession. So what's one common myth about your profession or field that you maybe want to debunk? Um, I think with technology, a lot of people think that uh, translation and or localization it can be done with machine learning like google translate you can just go on and translate things which you can it's great um but that's that's not really reliable and i was interviewed uh, for a job the other week where the whole premise of it was correcting machine uh translated sentences or paragraphs because it's not perfect and i think you'll always need people to do that because there's cultural terms, there's colloquialisms, dialectual differences that can be lost in machine translation. So as technology improves, I think it will improve this field, but I believe we're always going to need people. Super cool. Um, so kind of specifically about graduate school, what made you decide to pursue a graduate degree and why in specifically translation and localization management? Yeah, I um, kind of knew studying international studies, it's such an interdisciplinary major that you can really focus in on it later in life. And I knew that I would probably want to go to graduate school, Um, but I didn't know in what um, until I was in France and I was teaching in the classroom and my students would be like, oh, how do you say this word in English? And I was kind of like a dictionary trying to, you know, go through my head, but I didn't even, it wasn't even about choosing a word. It was 
for example, one student asked, how do you say um, les baskets? Those are tennis shoes in English. I could have said tennis shoes. I could have said sneakers. Um, but then do I say that or do I use trainers? Do I use British English? And that was really interesting to me that I, mm -hmm. there's so many different possibilities. So that was something I really liked when the students asked me that. And then um, Middlebury, the graduate school, actually had an information session in Paris that I went to. And that's when I really, the, the teacher talked about the program and I got really excited about it. And although I ended up applying to a different one after, uh, I kind of knew that it seemed like a good fit. It was still close to home uh, and just in Monterey. And they, it's, it's such a unique school. Uh, it's really one of the best in the nation and they have so many amazing opportunities after graduation and internships and yeah I totally agree I feel like even in like language classes now they always tell us you know not to use translation and like because it's not like a direct science you know it's very like um, mm -hmm. there's like a human component to it so it's interesting that you mentioned that um, so our next um, question for a lot of our students, I'm sorry, a lot of our audience are students and we're sure that they're mm -hmm. curious to know, um, what's one skill that you use every day in your career that maybe you didn't learn at school? Oh yeah. I did learn a lot from Notre Dame. I think one skill <laughs> I didn't learn is moving to a different country. <laughs> no, no one can teach you that. No textbook can teach you that until you really, you go in there. Um, and I remember even in French class at Notre Dame, we would learn all these textbook terms. And then I went uh, to France with some uh, people from Notre Dame and a couple teachers, and it was like totally different. And I was like, okay, I, I know some words, but you kind of have to be immersed in the culture uh, to really understand. Um, so yeah, I had to learn this past time in France, I had to learn how to open up a bank account and set up my social security. No one teaches you. So that was a little interesting, but I had to learn a lot by myself from, from reading and um, talking to other people uh, and to really fight for myself. Yeah, so kind of directly transitioning from your experience in France, I think you have a very mm -hmm. unique experience studying out mm -hmm. of your uh, studying out of the country. So I was wondering yeah. how your studying abroad experience was different from your learning experience in America. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I actually remember thinking that France was almost behind in their learning. I came from Notre Dame and we did, you know, fishbowl dis discussions, Socratic seminars. Everyone was really involved. Same at Seattle University. Um, but when I went to France, it was very much old fashioned. We just sit there. The teacher talks at us. We take notes. And I, I remember saying, oh, I kind of miss being more involved. And it was a bit harder to learn um in that regard so I, I really did value my education in the U.S. but it was really amazing uh being in another country and meeting so many different people I like that we had two hours for lunch I wish <laughs> that was something in the states that we did here the classes went longer uh actually and they went later in the day um and most uh courses a lot of courses are just Monday through Thursday so there's not many Friday classes yeah very cool mm -hmm. Um, so for our next question, we're kind of taking you back to high school again. Um, and if you could turn back time, is there any advice that you would give your like 17, 18 year old self? Oh, yes. Uh, that would be to say no. I said yes to everything. And I, I had to learn the hard way that it's okay to say no. 
Um, and my junior year, I couldn't do the, I was involved in theater in high school and I couldn't do the musical my, um, my junior year. And uh, so during that time, I actually went to my counselor a lot, Miss Valentine, and I talked with her and she kind of helped me through this time, helped me through some classes I was taking. And now we're so close and I still look up to her so much and we talk all the time. And so I think that's kind of a silver lining, even though it was really hard for me not to do the musical and maybe not to take on so many things, I got closer with her. Um, so I think everything happens for a reason. And also, uh, another piece of advice I would say is just to be open to change if that's what you want. And I really liked science in high school and I still like it. And I did like chemistry my junior year, but I felt that there was a lot of pressure, maybe like from Notre Dame and maybe my friends to go into the sciences later. Um, but then later I realized that I think in my true passion was language learning that I did get from Notre Dame. So you discover more of yourself in college, I think, um, and you know yourself better than anyone else. So just listen really to what you want to do. Yeah, that's really good advice. I resonated with that because Ms. Valentine's also my counselor. And she's yeah. so sweet. I know she's so easy to get along with. So I totally feel you on that. Um, yeah. Um, so you mentioned Miss Valentine was a really great resource for you. Was there anything else maybe after high school in your career path resource wise that helped you along the way? Yeah, I think the same kind of on the same page talking to different professors. So when I decided to switch into international studies, I went to the head of the department at my university and I told him, you know, that I was interested in this and he actually made the switch from biology to political science when he was in college and I kind of took that as a sign I was like oh my god we kind of like have a similar path um and yeah so that that really helped me um and uh another resource is recognize what classes that you're excited to take um and I, I think I was really stressed in the beginning of taking classes that I wasn't really excited about. And I based a lot of my self-worth on those classes. And if I wasn't doing well, I wasn't very happy. Um, so when I moved into my other major, I got an internship at a nonprofit in Seattle called El Centro de la Raza. And it kind of helps um, marginalized community members uh, in Seattle. And I helped to organize uh, this event all based on language. Um, so basically it was during uh, the local elections and people could bring in their ballots to have them interpreted and there's community members helping them. And uh, I, I think it was so cool to have that experience um, and just highlighted how important languages were and are. Um, so yeah, it's something that brings people together and yeah. Every job comes with its fair share of challenges, I'm sure you can attest to. And you kind of mentioned some, you know, road bumps moving to France. But I was wondering mm -hmm. if there was a time when you faced an obstacle in a job that you had that challenged you to learn something new. Yeah, I think kind of what I meant. Well, right now is getting a job right now. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. an obstacle in itself. Um, but I think with the story I, I mentioned with earlier with... Um, wanting to go into maybe the translation localization industry earlier is the story of the student who asked me how to translate tennis shoe and I thought it was so cool at the same like so cool that there were so many different mm -hmm. words to say but at the same time 
I was kind of like, oh, this is not as easy as I thought. There's so many uh, different ways that you can say something and nothing is going to ever be like perfect. Um, and so I had to search, not only, I had not put a lot of pressure on me if I didn't know a word and I learned how to search for um, synonyms and take in cultural consideration to account. Yeah. So on the flip side of that, we are wondering what fulfillment means to you in a larger sense, mm -hmm. but then also what makes you feel fulfilled in the work that you do. Yeah. Uh, I always, and I think people kind of, well, I knew this since I was little, but I've always loved to help people. And uh, I hope that people can kind of think back to when they were younger and think of what they really want to do. And I loved being someone people could rely on and have a positive impact on someone um, and wanted to share what I think is important to everyone else. And so in college, I realized how important traveling is for me and not everyone can go to different places. Not everyone's in that position. Um, and so I wanted to help expose people to other cultures. Um, and so that would, yeah, that's fulfillment for me, really. Um, so I actually like encourage students if you or anyone knows this is the Myers-Briggs test. Um, if people have heard of it. I love the Myers-Briggs yes, test. Yes, <laughs> that is such a good, I think, resource to kind of show yourself mm -hmm. what you think you want to do or what is important to you. So I'm an ENFJ. Uh, and so that is that is literally the main character. I know people joke about it, but it's the protagonist. <laughs> and another person mm -hmm. who's ENFJ is like Obama, for example, mm -hmm. or Oprah. And so I love, so ENFJ, like we like to lead people and take charge and kind of inspire people using our talents. So um, yeah, I recommend people to take that test to kind of see what they think, what fulfillment means uh, to them. That's so cool that you mentioned that. We okay, I've like recently become obsessed with those like personality tests, and I'm actually an INFJ. Oh my gosh. And my best friend, I know, <laughs> and my best friend's an ENFJ, so it's like I like totally know, like, same area of personality type. Yeah, oh, I love <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, but that stuff, yeah, I feel like so, you know like awoken when I read those things I'm like whoa learning things about myself I didn't even know I know it's so cool to kind of yeah. see that and discover maybe more about yourself that you didn't know so we have one last question um the goal of our podcast is to encourage lifelong learning um and so we were wondering if you could tell us how are you a lifelong learner and then what do you do in your day-to-day -day life to continue learning yeah so I love learning and I love I love school and so it's interesting not being in an ac academic sense anymore and being outside of that because you learn in other ways. And like I've said so many times, traveling has been really important to me. And it's taught me the most, I think, learning different cultures. I went to Morocco for a couple of weeks and uh, traveled and studied there, totally out of my comfort zone. But it was amazing learning about their culture uh, and different foods and just ideas people have. Um, and it was funny because when I was in Switzerland, my cousins were visiting me and we were joking. We were at the train station and uh, the announcement for the train came on in three different languages. And I was joking that I was repeating the three different announcements in those languages. And my cousin was like, oh, my God, I'm so jealous that like you're so smart. And I was taken aback because she's an engineer and I always thought, you know, she's so smart. And I realized we all have different types of intelligence and it's something that uh, I'm working 
even not to compare myself with uh, other people um, because everyone's different with their intelligence. Um, so yeah, that was kind of a funny story. Um, but in quarantine right now, I really like, I always loved reading books. So I've been reading books, uh, watching documentaries, a social dilemma is a really good one. So I've been trying to not use technology as much. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm learning uh, German on Duolingo. I have a 300, over 300 day streak I'm trying to maintain uh, for German. And uh, I'm also trying to stay more informed on the news and getting uh, news updates, especially from unbiased sources. And uh, a big thing too is I want for learning, um, I've gotten more into sustainable living. Uh, it's been a little bit different uh, in quarantine. I think I kind of been slipping, but trying to, trying to go back. Uh, in France, it was really easy. There was three sustainable stores I loved. I would get uh, reusable bags for produce. I would go to the market every Sunday to get my eggs and vegetables and fruits and stuff like that. And um, just mindful as well of the plastic that I was using. So uh, yeah, I wanted to try to get back on that. So a lot of different aspects uh, where I'm a lifelong learner. Yeah, super cool. Um, so that's kind of all the questions we had for you. We were wondering if you had anything else that you wanted to share with us, like any comments, questions, closing remarks. I love this podcast idea. I think it's such a good resource <laughs> for everyone. And it's so exciting uh, seeing what you guys have like accomplished. Um, and I also want to, I guess, end on that, even though I graduated from college about almost two years ago that there's no right time to start your career I mean I went off and lived somewhere else and I think if you want to do that go and do that you shouldn't be pressured to do something going to school find a career right away if that's what you want to do go for it but if not uh, I would say that it's okay to, to be different um, and take as much time off as you need to and uh, be thankful as well for the education you're getting at Notre Dame because when I went to Seattle University, it's a Jesuit school, and I felt so prepared, especially about social justice issues. And we were reading books in like my senior level French class that I had already read at Notre Dame. Uh, and so I, I felt so prepared and I really valued my education. So yeah, realize definitely the privilege that you have. And uh, yeah, the funny thing was, I actually got voted in my superlative my senior year, most likely to come back to ND. So I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we'll have in one of these. In some in way. Some way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So super cool. Thank you for your time. And thank you for all your answers. It was really enjoyable to talk to you. And thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. Great. Thank you for listening to this episode of CareerCast with Claudia. Stay tuned for our next episode, CareerCast out.